Welcome to the Beis Havad's Business Halacha Daily. Today, I'm joined by Dayan Yitzchak Grossman, senior lecturer and writer for the Beis Havad, and Rosh Chabura of the Greater Washington Community Kola. When it comes to a partnership, are there certain best practices that we expect the partners to follow? So, if uh, an opportunity comes up for a sale, and uh, the only way to make it is to sell to this uh, buyer on credit, and the partner decides to to jump on it. Just you know, that may not be the best decision to sell on credit. Does he have to check with the other partners before he makes such a decision? How do we how do we determine what is expected of the partners in in behaving and in, in conducting their business in the partnership? There are best practices that partners are expected to follow. The Rambam, the Shulchan Aruch, give a number of examples, one of which is extending credit. The halacha is you're not allowed to extend credit because that's a dangerous, uh, dangerous business decision to take, and a partner has no right to extend credit without consulting the other partners. In general, the, the general rule the Rambam and the Shulchan Aruch give is that uh, you should not diverge from custom, from whatever the, whatever the general custom is, whatever the business custom is, you should follow the you should follow what uh, what people do in such circumstances there's a great ruling by the marsham there were partners who were embarking on a venture one of them decided to go to a certain tzaddik a rabbi maybe for a bracha and that cost money either the cost of the traveling or the the money that's typically given to the the, the tzaddik in such cases so the should have expected to build that to the partnership it's it's a, it's a it's a benefit for the partnership. The other should have said, uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm not interested. You want to go to the Rebbe for bracha, do it on your own dime. I'm not paying for this. So how do we approach this? So the Marsham says, the Marsham sidesteps the theological questions, the religious questions of, should one go to a Rebbe? Should one pay money to a tzaddik for a bracha? He says, we have to look at, uh, is this the standard? Is this the minog? Is this what people do? Then he has the right to do it. If it's not the minog, he can't do it. Befrat, particularly, he adds pointedly, if the objecting partner is, uh, is one of the misnagdim, tarte mashma, someone who's not, uh, someone who has quite the same worshipful attitude toward this tzaddik, he says, then he has no right to do it without consulting him. But the bottom line is, it really depends on, uh, on, on what is customary in this, in this society, in, in this commercial context. So, so what do we do if there is no custom? There's no prevailing minhaging how to, the, how to act in this type of situation, and you have a disagreement now between partners of how to proceed. So how, are they going, how can partners resolve that, uh, that disagreement? So this question of what partners do if they can't reach a consensus and, uh, and there's no clear prevailing custom is surprisingly unclear. There, there's no discussion, to the best of my knowledge, in Gemara, Rambam, Shulchan Aruch about how partners can resolve uh, disagreements and what to do when there's no clear minhag. Well, Yezer Gordon of Tells has a tshuva in which he says you follow the will of the majority of the partners, whatever most partners want. He says, now, it's true that if there is an expert opinion, if Baston consults an expert, and the expert says this is the right thing to do, and even if most partners want to do otherwise, we would set aside their preference in favor of the expert because we have to do what's best for the partnership, even if that's what a minority of the partners want to do. However, he says, you don't ask the expert. Initially, if the partners have a majority preference, you assume that that's the best interest of the business because that their Nogabadavri says they are interested parties, but the interest is the best interest of the business in general, he says. So in general, he says you would follow what most of the partners want, unless you happen to know, you happen to have consulted an expert who tells us that, that this is not in the best interest of the, the business. For Mendel Shafran 
has a discussion about this. He says, again, as we've been saying all along, the, the, the late motif of Shutfus is that if you have any, there should be an agreement. There could be an agreement. If you commonly said you'd have an agreement that, that governs the operation of the Shutfus and says that if we, if we can't reach a, a unanimous decision, then this is what we should do. And commonly says that would be to follow the majority. That's what the law says, I believe, in the United States, that absent any agreement, you follow the majority. And that, that's a common way to do things. A 51% partner can, uh, can have the deciding voice. A 50%, two 50% partners can be a deadlock. So, so, you should, so you can specify, he says. If you don't specify, he discusses the possibility of Minhug, of uh, Minhug incorporating whatever the prevailing regime would be in, in commercial society. If there's no Minhag, he says, and they can't reach a consensus, and there was no arrangement that said that uh, what to do in a certain case, he assumes, and I was rather surprised by this, but he assumes then they really can't do anything, he says. They, 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 they can't operate. No one can force someone else to sell property against his will. Even though we find in Halacha, even though we find that uh, there are Halachas about a community following Rove, where Amar Radenberg said this, Ramah brings this, we follow majority opinion, Rav Shafran understands that that's only when there's a minute to do so, when it's a, that's not an inherent din, that's only if that's the minute. But in the case of a partnership, if there's no minute, they, they, if there's no minute, then, then basically you're stuck, he says, you, you, because you have no right to sell property, no right to sell property against the will, the will of the minority. Blazer Gordon, as we said, does seem to assume that you would follow the, that you would follow the majority. He may have assumed it was a minhag, or he may simply hold that as a matter of halacha, you follow the majority if they can't reach a, uh, a unanimous consensus. If you enjoyed this video and would like to receive more like it, or to sponsor a future video, please visit beisavad.org.